0: Thank you, Cameron, and thank you, each one of you, for worshiping. And just from your hearts, your creator, God, inhabits the praise of his people. A number of songs of just worshiping, surrendering, recognizing that God works even when we don't see that he's working. We, We sang that song. Uh, even when I don't feel like you're working, even when I don't see that you're working, God doesn't stop working. And I think uh, even I I was trying, I I read a quote recently, it's not coming to my mind, but I can get the thought across, was uh, when God says wait, and we wait, we can't see what his hands are doing. And the thought there is, God is continually working, even in our waiting, no matter what situation we're in. God is, God is a God of activeness. He's doing something, and you're working. And when he, when we don't see He's working, He is, He is working. Uh, and then also the, uh, I am a child of God, knowing who we are. It is just a, such a good reminder for me. I. We just need remembering us as humans. We need remembering uh, and to sing that we are a child of God to live life this week, knowing we are a child of God. And that actually is going to tie into the message here. You'll get to, We'll get there to, in just a little bit. Before we go there, we're going to have the offering. Uh, Daniel, the offering this morning is for the uh, for the general fund. So we'll have uh, the offering this morning. Let's see if I can get this thing a little. there we go uh, so we'll have the offering this morning and then I have several announcements as well but we'll have a word of prayer for the offering Father thank you so much this morning that you are our Father and we're children of you and Lord you're our good good Father we know that and Lord we trust in you so Father thank you this morning that we can be Your children. What an amazing opportunity. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives this morning, in us individually, in us in the marriages, in our families, in our church. Thank you that you're working. Even when we don't feel it, it doesn't seem like it, we know that you're working. And so, Lord, I'm asking that you who have begun a good work in our lives would bring it to completion and so father may this morning be a part of that just keep working father melting us molding us shaping us for your glory thank you for uh, this building this morning as we give this morning Uh, pray a blessing on the gift and the giver in Jesus name amen all right so you can pass that offering around just as far as uh, announcements goes we have some uh, brochures for the way of jesus academy school banquet coming up uh, so we'll try to make sure as they actually do you want to get them right now they're out in the entrance uh, we'll put them back on the table here the way of jesus academy school banquet coming up on december 5 at yoder's so you can pick up one of these take one or two or three if you want to hand them out to other people you're more than welcome to and then uh, also, table sponsorships. If that's something you're interested in, that's on the back of the card. So feel free to grab one of these or two or three and take them along. All right. Any other announcements? How about birthdays? Are there any birthdays coming up this week? You're two. Is your your birthday is not this week though. Your mom says no. So Willow, I'm going to say what your mom I'm going to go by what your mom says there. <laughs> I'm going to over overrule your That's awesome. All right. Okay. If there's no birthdays, that's perfectly fine this week. Last week we talked about we read in Matthew 26 some and we had communion. Uh we also had G that was here as well which was a, was a blessing to have him here uh, but we were reading in Matthew 26 and I want to just go off of there a little bit this morning so you can turn there Matthew 26 verse 36 to 46 is what we're going to read this morning and so we have uh, we talked about uh, Jesus and the last supper so I'm going to read Matthew 25 I'm going to start in 36 to 46 Uh, Before uh, last week we talked about verse 26 You know when Jesus was the last supper he broke the bread and the wine And the cup and we also talked about him washing feet Uh, But then this is after that okay so this is right after uh, Jesus does that in verse 31 is where uh, Peter I'm sorry Jesus predicts Peter's denial so this is after that In verse 36, Matthew 25, verse 36, it says, Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. (coughs) Excuse me. And he said, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he, Jesus, said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, and he said, O Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He came back to the disciples and found them sleeping. He said, Peter, what, could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, the second time, Jesus went away, and he prayed, saying, "O my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. He came, and he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, and he went away, and he prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said, are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour's at hand. The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So here, Jesus is about to go through the most difficult moment of his life on earth. And he knows it. But the disciples don't. Jesus knew what was coming, and so he's preparing for it. He knows what the disciples are about to do, and he tells them to prepare for it, but they don't, because he said, watch and pray. They rather, instead, they slept. He gave them specific instructions on how to prepare For the battle that they were about to face He says i'm going to go and pray You guys watch and pray That you don't enter into temptation I don't know how much they got But we know that they didn't do it They didn't watch or pray for what was about to happen They didn't prepare Jesus prepared Jesus went three times It says that he went And he prayed He knew The test and the battle that was about To happen And so he prayed but then he shared with the Disciples what He gave them instructions And they didn't do it So we have very difficult moments coming. Did they prepare at all for what was coming? Oh yeah, they slept. They got physical rest. Did that help them win their battle? Did it? I'm looking for an answer. No. Good question, because that's what we're talking about this morning is winning your battles. I want to all end up here with winning our battles. Peter denied Jesus. Would you consider that a win? I wouldn't either. And So yeah, thank you for asking that Steve. Let's talk specifically about Peter Peter said he he's not gonna do, deny Jesus and I'm guessing Peter probably got pretty worked up when he's like Jesus. I'm never gonna deny you. Are you kidding me? this is never gonna happen and Jesus knew that the battle there was a test coming and their preparation is to watch and pray that You don't enter into temptation They didn't watch or pray. They slept. And he entered into temptation and he denied Jesus. So they didn't win that battle. Did Jesus win his battle? Yeah. What did Jesus do? Jesus prayed. And so how do you. Prepare for your battles Would have it been Different outcome if the disciples Would have watched and prayed I believe so I really believe so It would have been a different outcome But they didn't So does preparation For battles have anything to do with the outcome Absolutely Absolutely preparation for battles has a lot to do maybe even all to do with the outcome on how we prepare winning doesn't just happen by stumbling upon it at least not for the most part maybe if you're playing a little game of that considers or you know rolling of dice or something that just kind of whatever happens or a card game to where you pick up the There's some games there that you can kind of stumble upon winning if you get the right cards But generally speaking when you talk about a battle You don't just win by stumbling upon it No, you have to prepare you have to fight you have to play hard You have to beat the opponent in order to win So looking at this story looking at jesus and looking at the disciples There was a battle about that they were about to face. The way they prepared made a difference on the outcome of their battle. Jesus versus the disciples. We're going to look at another battle this morning. A very familiar battle. I mean, uh, I say a very familiar. A story we're very familiar with, but hopefully we can learn something about a battle here this morning. 1 Samuel 17. All right, David and Goliath, we probably all know this story. I'm sure we've heard it since we were young. But we know that we know David's history, at least some of it, coming into this in chapter 17. And I'm going to jump into verse 13, 1 Samuel 17, verse 13, and I'm going to read some of this story. And so I know we've heard this story many a times. But as we read the scripture again, remember the scripture is God's word. And so as we read through this, let's pay attention and see if there's something else that we can learn from this story. So I'm going to I'm going to jump in at verse 13. This is uh, after the Philistines. Um, they're ba- They're together. Uh they're Philistines are on the one side. Israelites are on the other side. In verse 13, the the three eldest sons, this is because we're going to talk about David here. His three oldest brothers, the oldest sons of Jesse, had gone to follow Saul to the battle. Their names of the three were Eliab, Abinadab, and Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, verse 15. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Verse 16, a Philistine drew near and presented him 40 days, morning and evening. So this is 80 times, 40 days, morning and night, that Goliath had been coming out here. The 80th time is when David comes in here. Verse 17, Jesse says to David, hey, take now to your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and 10 loaves and run to your brothers at camp carry these cheeses for the captain of their thousand see how the brothers are and then bring news back to them <coughs> excuse me now Saul and all that the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines verse 20 David rose up early in the morning he left his sheep with the keeper he took the things and he went as Jesse had commanded he came to the camp as the army was going out to battle shouting for battle For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in a battle array, army against army. David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper. He ran to the army, and he came and he greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. All the men of Israel who they saw the man fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches. will give him his daughter. will and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. What a perk. And again, wouldn't that be great? You don't have to pay taxes anymore. Then David spoke to the man who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine takes, a <coughs> excuse me, takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? The people answered and said in a manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. He got angry says his anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come up here? With whom have you left your few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride, the insolence in your heart. For they came down to see the battle. and David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turned toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered them as the first ones. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. So Saul found out about this, and he said to them, he sent for him. Verse 32, David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. Saul said to David, you're not able to go up against this Philistine to fight him. For your youth. He's a man of war from his youth. David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came, he took the lamb out of the flock. I went after it and I struck it and delivered the lamb from the mouth, from its mouth. And when it arose, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has both killed a lion and a bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the bear he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine Saul said to David go and the Lord be with you So Saul clothed David with his armor And he put on a bronze helmet on his head He clothed him with a small coat of mail David put the sword on and he tried to walk And David said I can't walk with these I have never tested them So David took them off And then he took his staff in his hand And he went down and he got five smooth stones from the brook he put them in his shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew nigh to the Philistine. The Philistine came and he began drawing near to David and the man who bore the shield went before him and when David looked and he, I'm sorry, when Philistine looked and saw David, his, he disdained him. For he said, you're only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? The Philistine cursed David by his gods. Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give you to the I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defied. So we're going to stop right now, right there. So we have this story of david being obedient to what his father had said he takes bread out to his brothers and he walks into a battle now he knows there's a battle going right he knew that when he left that he's taken cheeses to his brothers who are at war but when he gets there i think it's quite a bit different than what he expected He didn't expect one man to be out there a giant But that's what david encountered when he came in And so the battle was different than what he anticipated Expecting to come into So he comes into this and we have goliath out there and david's like who is this uncircumcised philistine i'll take him down there was three people that at least three people. There was probably a lot more, but the scripture talks about three people that for sure were like, David, you can't do this. One was Eliab, his brother. He got mad at him. He's like, what the world are you doing out here? Saul says, you can't fight him. He's been a fighter from his youth. You're a boy. And then when he gets to Goliath, Goliath says, you're not going to win. So there was at least three times where David was told that you're not going to win. So David comes into a battle, and he has lots of doubters around him. It was a battle that was different than what he expected. And I don't think he expected getting involved here when he left. But he comes in and here's a battle and he's going to get in here and he's going to fight. Was David prepared for a battle? All of a sudden he's getting himself into a battle rather quickly that he didn't expect. Was he prepared to fight this battle? I'm asking you. I want an answer on this one. Was he prepared to fight this battle? You're shaking your head. Yes, you're shaking your head. Most of you are shaking your head. Yes. Yeah, he was. What prepared him to fight this battle? What made him come into an unexpected battle and be ready to fight? What was the preparation that he had? Someone have an answer for that. What do you think prepared him for this? He was already being faithful what God had given him to do. Very good. Absolutely. God had given him, even his father had given him instructions. And so he was walking in obedience. Walking in obedience is a great place to be when you're, Fighting battles. Something else. What else? How was he prepared to all of a sudden fight this thing? Yeah. yeah I, I think that's the biggest one. He was connected with his heavenly father. And he knew God's heart. He was connected with The source of strength. And we see that. He talked about that in in verse 37. He says, the Lord. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the lion and the bear. He's the one that's going to deliver me. He had this confidence in knowing who he was and who his God was. That when he comes into a battle like this, he's going to win. Because knowing who God is and the relationship. Someone else. That was the great one. Or are there other ways that David prepared for this unexpected battle? Exactly. His faith had been tested before. He killed a lion. He killed a bear. And he remembered that. God helped me win those battles, so he's going to help me win this battle. And I don't think it's coincidence at all. Actually, I know it's not that it was a lion and a bear first, and then it was Goliath. It wasn't Goliath first, and then, you know, he found the lion and a bear later. No, the lion and the bear were when he was by himself, I think. We don't know for sure, but I'm guessing As a shepherd, he was by himself, back in the desert somewhere, taking care of sheep. And he won those battles personally. No one else was watching. So he has a track record of seeing God help him win battles. But it started from a personal perspective, or or in in a personal situation. And then God gave him another one. Great answer Dave Uh, because I think that is that's uh, certainly a a way of David being prepared to fight this battle is his track record his history of seeing God move before and helping him win battles God helped me before he's going to help me again different day different battle different people involved, but the same God. David knew that. So we have, uh, yeah, Steve, you brought up that he mentioned the Lord. In verse 46, I stopped in verse 45, I think. In verse 46, this is what he says to Goliath. He says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. He was talking to Goliath. And I will strike you, take your head from you. I'll give it to the carcasses of the Philistines, the birds of the air, the wild beasts, that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. And then here's another key thing in verse 47. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. The weapon that David had There were several different weapons here in this battle It says Goliath had a sword, a spear And a javelin David says I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts That's a weapon That's what David had And David knew it Verse 47, he says, The assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. He knew that. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give it. He will give you into our hands. He knew whose battle this is. The battle is the Lord's. He was confident that this is the Lord's battle. Now, what'd he do then? Just stop right there, right? All right, the battle is the Lord's. Goliath, you're coming with a sword and a spear. The battle is the Lord's, so I don't have to do anything. God, just take over. No, that's not what he did. He still had a sling and a stone. He still had to do his part, and he did in Verse 48, so it was, When the Philistine arose and came and drew near, David, David hurried, ran to him. He put his hand, verse forty-nine, into the bag. He took out a stone. He slung it and he struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in his forehead. He fell to the earth, and we know that uh, and David went up and cut his head off and won the battle. Where was the victory won? In this battle for David. Was it when he actually. Slung. Slung. Used his sling. And threw the stone and hit Goliath and cut his head off. Was that the when the battle was won? Or was it before he ever got to the battle. Of knowing who he is. And the confidence that he has in his God, that the battle belongs to the Lord, when was the battle won? I mean, I I want an answer here again, or, or, or something. You said before. Yeah. I look at this story, and I believe the battle was won before that stone ever even came out of the sling. Because of David's confidence. And knowing who his God is and knowing that he's going into a battle and the Lord is going to fight for him. The Lord's going to win before it ever happened. So how do you fight your battles? Battles are not all the same. Actually, they're very rarely the same. You look in the Old Testament, none of the battles were the same. God always had different instructions for them how to win their battles. Sometimes they were very strange. Walk around the city of Jerusalem for a while, you know, every day. Are you kidding me? That's what God told them to do. And they won. The battles aren't always the same. But there is one thing that is the same for us, is preparation is vital for any battle. Whether it's a lion or a bear or a Goliath, or we talked about Jesus, obviously we, knew, we know that Jesus knew what was coming, the disciples didn't know what was coming, but we see what happened to the disciples when they didn't prepare. And I think what Jesus told the disciples to do is something that we still need to do as well in preparing our battles. Watch and pray. That's how we prepare for our battles this week. And that's what I want us to get and leave here this week. Start your mornings. of watching and praying. Lord, prepare me for this day. I don't know what for battles I'm going to face, but I want to be prepared ahead of time. Because people that are prepared for battles, you can win your battles. If you're not prepared for your battle, I don't think we're going to win. And so just leaving here this morning, That's what I want us to get. A.W. Tozer says this. Excuse me. I'm sorry. A.W. Tozer writes this in a book. He says, the whole Bible and all history unite to teach that battles are always won before the army takes the field. The critical moment for an army is not the day it engages foe in actual combat. It's the day before or the month or the year before. It's the preparation that gets taken place. And I think that's how it is for us in our spiritual lives as well. Spiritual preparation is so vital. We can seek God today and get prepared for temptation tomorrow. But if we meet the enemy without first having met God, the outcome is going to be a disaster. If we meet the enemy before we first meeting God, the outcome is going to be a disaster. And so going this week, the words I want to give to you this morning is to watch and pray. It's right what Jesus said to do to his disciples. Watch. Watch and pray. I'm going to wrap it up in verse in in reading 1 Corinthians 15:50 50 through 58. This is uh, Paul writing to the Corinthians obviously, the last chapter in the, in 1 Corinthians. I'm sorry, second to last chapter in 1 Corinthians, but he talks about a final victory here in 1 Corinthians 15 Verses verse fifty to fifty eight. So we're going to wrap it up here. He says in verse fifty. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery: we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in the last trump. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. When this corruptible has put on incorruptible, the mortal has put on immortality. Then shall you be brought to pass the saying that death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O haze, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. Verse 57, he says, But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ amen David knew it the victory is through the Lord Jesus Christ and so thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ verse 58 therefore brethren my I'm sorry therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord father in heaven thank you so much that we can have victory through Jesus Christ. Father, we were talking about battles this morning, and we looked at Jesus, we looked at the disciples, and we looked at David. And we looked at the importance of preparing for our battles. Father, you know our battles before we ever get there. But Lord, I'm asking that you would teach us how to prepare for our battles. That we could enter our battles prepared. And Father, that we would start here today. Lord, I want to thank you that you're our God and we can trust in you and that the battle belongs to the Lord. And so, Father, as we go from here to help us to recognize that you're the one who helps us with victory. But yet, Lord, there's also times where we need to be like David. We need to pick up the stone. We need to put it in our sling. And we need to throw it. So, Lord, give us the understanding as well. know the part that we need to play in winning our battles lord thank you so much that your god thank you for the victory we can have in jesus christ you're so good we honor you and bless you in jesus name amen all right thank you so much for coming